You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello listeners, welcome back to the Essential Apple Podcast. And this week we are joined by David Ginsburg of uh In Touch with iOS and uh you do um you do the Mac show, don't you, David? I do. I Over do. It. Thanks for having me. Guys, yeah. I really appreciate it. Yes, uh I'm on, uh, yeah, my podcast is In Touch with iOS. I'm also on, uh, actually, with Chuck Joyner on Mac Voices Live every Tuesday nights uh, in, in the States. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm on the Mac show with uh, Jeff Gamet and Patrice and sometimes Ewan when he's available. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, so I think s- some folks in the U.K. are probably familiar with me as I've been on that show for for a while here now. But thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely fine. Yeah, um, I've spoken to Chuck actually about appearing on there, maybe on the Mac Voices one time it's on stupid yeah. you know stupid clock in the morning here you have to you know. <laughs> but uh it's very difficult yeah for you guys it's like you know yeah, one, one like, till like one a.m your time yeah <laughs> yeah wait it's <laughs> like one a.m till three you know so uh, yeah but it's uh, tough for you guys i'll look i'm gonna organize to come on one time or another but um yeah, anyway sleep late <laughs> sleep late yeah exactly so there you go uh jim is here hello jim hi there and Nick is here. Hello, Nick. Yes, the old pre- perennial is back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there you go. Have you been pruned yet? Sorry, Jim. You what, Jim? Have you been pruned yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We don't want any pruning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, um, not a vast amount going on, really, in the tech front. Um. I haven't bothered to put a link into this, but apparently uh, Facebook and, uh, you know, its affiliate uh, services had another problematic day. Um, not a massive outage like uh, like before, but um, quite a lot of users apparently were having difficulties on Monday. So uh, people were up in arms about that. Um, what I did read, again, I haven't got the link, but I, I did read a piece um, talking about what happened at Facebook and you know they've admitted it was a problem of their own making they misconfigured their um was it border control protocols which effectively made all of Facebook's infrastructure tell the rest of the internet we don't exist go away um yeah <laughs> briefly <exactly>. so <laughs> but um I'm... It, it was it was the tick box was the tick box marked do you want to let anyone in yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and um but part of what then made the problem uh, so uh, difficult for Facebook to uh, tackle is apparently with that infrastructure down, the very people who needed to get in to reconfigure the system couldn't uh, verify themselves because Facebook systems were down. So <laughs> the very engine, the very engineers who needed to get into the system to put it right were locked out. Oh, yeah, take own... justice. <laughs> So uh, that was, a, you know, an interesting read. And uh, as Facebook have said, yes, lessons have been learned. So there we are. Oh, dear. 
Um, Apple have stopped signing iOS 15 following the release of 15.01, which um, they seem to have done that really rather quickly compared to usual, but I'm not surprised. Um, what do you think, David? Actually, no, they didn't do it as quickly as I thought they would. I mean, 14.8, of course, is they've stopped signing that too. So you, if you can't downgrade anymore, uh, so you can be on, you have to be on 15.0.1. Um, but they did go about almost a week because uh, usually they go, they pull the trigger usually within days. Um, and they were, as, as, iOS 15 just came out. They were um, only offering it as a suggestion. Do you want an upgrade instead of how they used to jam it down everybody's throat and say, "Hey, here's the upgrade." And then most most users would be like, "Oh God, I got an upgrade. It's it's an upgrade." And that's why you would see so much early adoption because the early adoption was very low in the last few the, the first few weeks of iOS 15 release. That is, in fact, that's uh, the um, that's the next thing I've got on the list. We've got iOS okay. 15 adoption relay, remains slow compared to 14. Um, and we'll go into that in a minute. I mean, okay. I think I think the main reason, well, in fact, the obvious reason why um, Apple have stopped signing 15 with the release of 1501 is because 1501 contains some fairly serious security patches. Right, right. So they don't want you to be dawdling on 15. Um, and like I said, like I said that yeah, uh, even when 14 was released, stuff. Uh, uh, when 14.0, 14.01, and, and the upgrades after that came pretty quickly, and they stopped signing them pretty quickly. Because I, I agree with you, it was a bit of a surprise that it was as long as it went. Uh, it's when 14, 15.0.1 was released that that they uh, they stopped uh, they stopped didn't stop at signing it as quickly. But it's good. Yeah, everybody's got to be on 15.0.1 going forward. Yeah, that's true. So remind me, remind me what that means. That they stop signing it. What, what, it means you can't. It, that you can no longer install it. Ah, right. right. Okay. Because you can't downgrade. You can't. You can't go back. Um, right. Because. Nor would you want to really, because fifteen zero was what had a lot of frustrating problems right off the bat, yeah. <laughs> including uh, the the Apple Watch not uh, not unlocking your iPhone when you had a mask on, uh, and, and uh, other things as well. Right. So. I didn't know if that affected all of the phones or only the 13s, but... Um... Yeah, I, of course, I have 13 Pro Max. I, I had just got it, and uh, it did affect that. You're right. I, I, I hadn't tried it on the 12. Um, although, no, actually, when I think about it, I had the 12 Pro Max for a week before, and it wasn't working on there either. So ah, right. So it, did, it was a general. So Because yeah. I'm on the on the about. betas. I'm on 15.1. Right, beta three or whatever it is at the minute. So beta three is current. Yep. Yeah. Um. So that didn't really affect me, and um, I don't actually use that function very much. But you do miss it when it doesn't work. You whip your phone out and you're yes. in the shop, and it it, it doesn't. At the, at the minute, I've um had a slight return of the slightly annoying. This is a bit of a regression because they fixed it where my watch will keep locking. You unlock your watch, and then five minutes later, you go look at it and it's locked again. But um, I'm hoping that that's the other problem. The other problem was, yeah, the, you know, I love having the feature of the when the when the iPhone is on the Apple Watch automatically unlocks. Uh, that that was a bug as well. So you had to put your your pass your 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 pin your passcode in the watch all the time because uh, it wasn't staying connected to the to the to the watch in the sense of unlocking. Yeah, you couldn't right. turn that back on. It was all it was off in fifteen auto. Ah, all right. Well, that's um, anyway. That that seems to have gone away again with the latest beta build. Yes. So. I'm glad we'll to on. see we move <laughs> on. So, uh, yeah, yes. 
go. Um, that yeah, the next story is iOS 15 adoption remains slow compared to iOS 14 last year, and you've already alluded to that, David. Which is um, when you get um, if you're on 14.8, you will get um, you'll get um, an update notification. But what you will see at the top is 14.8.1. I think it is. And then you have to scroll down and at the bottom it says also available 15. And um, I think a lot of people are just, if you like, you know, people who don't follow tech particularly are just opening the thing. Oh, there's a red badge. Open the open the settings. Do the software update. See 14.8.1. Hit that. And then they, that's it. They're done. And um, I, I might, don't... It, might it also be related to the fact we were under house arrest at this time last year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's it's also true that people are just sitting there idly. Yeah, it's possible. But I, the figures are really quite locked down. Um, All right. Only 8.59% of users updated their devices within 48 hours of release. Uh, last year, that was nearly 15%. Because um, yeah, Apple have always boasted about how quickly everyone updates, haven't they? Yeah. But then again, mostly they yeah. rack, practically ram it down your throat, don't you? They, you know, with older, <laughs> older, yeah. Yeah. with older ones, you used to have turn your phone on. It's like a new update is available. Install now. Yes. To, you know, you'd have to try and get rid of it if you didn't want to do it right that minute because somebody flagged there were bugs in it or whatever. You would have to keep constantly dismissing this thing, saying update to version whatever it is now. And actually, it was unusual that fourteen point eight was released because uh, it came really late in the in the cycle because uh, iOS fifteen was ready to roll, and then all of a sudden they found more bugs, and then they had to release fourteen point eight. So, uh, so that 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 really had some effect on that. Uh, but like I said, it they they aren't forcing it down everybody's throat to to to, to install iOS fifteen. They've done that for many many years over the past releases that it would it pop up in the updates that little red one is there in this on the on the settings icon and you 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 have an update you got to do it so i i my thought is that it, it had some something to do with that that a lot of people haven't adopted quickly enough yeah i I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's you know for people who are not mad keen tech followers they've seen that update they've done that update and um that's that just I mean, missed it yeah i think over the last couple of years i've really not um being so keen to update as quick as I used to do. I mean, I used to be, you know, the first date was available. I would install updates, but now I'm somewhat um, more cautious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't even yeah. put on, what was the previous one, the big sir? Um, um, Catalina. Catalina, I avoid yeah. that like the oh, plague. Yeah. I actually jumped from... A lot of people did. The previous version to Big Sur, I missed out that one. You, you seem to have been lucky, though, Jim, with all the um, with all the problems that you've had. I mean, you've you've had so many of them. <laughs> well, people call me lucky. It's, 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 it's <laughs> gift, you know. mm. uh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yes, I I did the same. Really, I, I had fourteen point eight and thought, oh. Haven't I already upgraded to this? And then I installed it, and and I think I didn't I didn't update to the next one until the next day. So it's possible it's possible that I missed the scrolly thing as well. Yeah, that you have to scroll down to the bottom, right? And it, it's not visible on the screen. You've actually got to scroll the screen. There's no indication either. Um, right. No, it just says also available. <laughs> yeah. 
but but uh, on so most but phones, do you get the uh, do you then get the indicator, the little the little one no. button? Not you don't. Unless they oh, change right. it, I I haven't seen it since the, this became on. Uh, the, it's not signed anymore. Uh, so oh, I interest. I would venture to say it's probably changed at this point now that it's not signed anymore. Yeah. Whatever. It's um. But yeah, that doesn't surprise sure me. Is the is the. I'm sure honest. it'll pick up. Yeah, of course yeah, it will. I think it. Of course yeah. it will, because you know, as always, you know, the 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 net will be full of people going, oh, you know, this is the fantastic new feature of iOS 15 you can't live without. You know, as everybody does, as they desperately try and fill column inches in the Slack period, and um, then people will start start doing it. And um, I also at um, Apple because Apple targets certain areas of the phone each time they do an upgrade. Sometimes people aren't particularly interested in the upgrades because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect them very much. That is right. also true. Uh, um, so yeah, because simply because they're, you know, oh look, they've made the phone a fraction better. I don't use the phone, kind of thing. Yeah, well, uh, I, I also think that because several tentpole features, you know, the ones that they touted quite heavily at WWDC haven't come out yet, that's also going to yeah. dampen. Um, of course, you know, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, what's the point of going to fifteen if it doesn't have the share play or it doesn't have right. um, various other things that were touted? Um, was it private relays in beta? Yeah. I think. And um, you know, unless you're mad keen, what what's the what's the bonus? There isn't a huge bonus because a lot of the the tentpole features haven't haven't popped up yet. And when they do, right? That I'm sure that will start to drive adoption because people then go. Oh, I've got this lovely new feature, and I can sit down and watch Have a, a film with you. You know, in in yeah. in thing, and then people go, well, "Well, I can't see it." Well, you have to be on fifteen. You know, you've got to go update the fifteen point one or whatever. And that, yeah, drive I think it. you're right. That will drive yeah. adoption. Yeah, and I, I think also people need to be more become aware of what some of their great new features that are in iOS fifteen. Um, yeah, SharePlay should will come you know, as your beta testing now in fifteen. Dot one, it's there, but you have no one to test it with because no one else has it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so it's kind of pointless until until com- gets completely released. I have a feeling Apple was having some trouble with uh, with the, the, the studios and the movies and such and TVs. I TV just, shows that uh, yeah, that they didn't like that very much that you can share someone else's subscription over SharePlay. <laughs> the other thing, it also depends on. Uh, what phone you have, how old your phone is, uh, some of the right. features just won't work on it. Well, that is also uh, true. So, so that uh, could also be right. a reason why folk are not upgrading. The likes of uh, in photo um, apps, the new phones have got a macro feature, but you don't get it on phones like right. what you and I have got, Simon. No, um, but, but... But you can actually get that macro feature if you use the app which i have yeah. the name of highlight is it highlight just released yeah. yeah that was that was that was cool and uh the, now you can get macro you know, that, that's a paid app of course mm. uh but uh, we I, I talked about that uh, yeah it's a it's a great app it, it was a great app as it was anyway but that was awesome that they brought other folks who don't aren't early upgraders like i am uh to to have the the capabilities of getting some good macro photography, uh, but I, I can tell you by my experience so far with the 13 Pro Max is the macro is just, just incredible. Yeah, yep. nothing more than we'd expect from Apple, really. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to hear. But li- the other one you didn't even mention is Live Text. Live Text is huge. Oh, Live Text works. 
great and then but the thing is some of the older phones don't have the capability yet no don't, really, don't, don't have that capability you've i should got say to... so you still have to depend on the third-party apps like uh, live scan was one i was using yeah you've um, got to use uh, i think you've got to have a 10 i think it's at least a 12 uh, tw- there's a 10 or 12 i can't there's answer a I, have to look it up for I think it might be 10 10s 10r and up yeah. um might be a the, the basic 10 might have it i'm not sure but um I think it, you, I think you need a A12 or better. Put it that way, right? To to get that, but um, it's available on my phone. I know because I've used it because I mm-hmm. I took a photograph of um I took a photograph of a, like a table of text and right. um, used live text to dump it into a text file so I could because re- it was a table I needed to recreate and all I got was a printed document and I um yeah I live text it and then. Oh, I had to jiggle it all yeah. around, but it got all the text out of the table for me, and then I just had to cut and paste them back into the. I put them into a text right. file, and oh. then cut and paste them back into the boxes of a table. So it's phenomenal. Uh, it's the iPhone XS and later. Yeah, that, that's capable. XS and later. I mean, the what was the other thing I read? Oh, I read a a piece online saying, uh, you know, Apple abandons millions of iPhone users with the, uh, you know introduction of ios 15 which is a rubbish because if you can rubbish. run 14 you Absolute can run rubbish <laughs> if you can run 14 you can run 15 so in, you know and everything from the 6s up can run it whether it gets all the <laughs> yeah. features or not and right they, they were saying oh this leaves people with older phones right on insecure old operating systems another big because actually nope. Apple just keep releasing security updates. In fact, for, the, for 12, iOS 12, they're still releasing updates. I think I saw the other day a security patch for iOS 9. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Which is, you know, going back to sort of iPad V2. Um, That's when everything was being um, chiseled onto stone, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, you know, rubbish. That's absolute rubbish. It's like, of course, there were no comments available on that article to shout them down and go, "You're talking absolute piffle." That's none of that is true. You know, Apple have not abandoned older iOS versions. They regularly no. put out security patches for anything serious. Sure, they don't update the, uh, the the OS itself, but you know, security patches are still pushed out. Compared to Windows and compared to any other, compared to Android, let's say, you know, we're talking not mobile device here. I mean, Apple goes back six years for a device and, and they're giving you current operating systems. Could they, uh, t- t- tell me that Android does that. Yeah. <laughs> Never. I mean, um, I think Google have just announced that their forthcoming Pixel phone, yeah. that six, Pixel 6, I don't know. I don't follow it closely. Yeah, think, anyway, yeah, they, they have just... I think they've announced that if you buy uh, a Pixel 6, they have promised security updates for five years. Right. Not necessarily new OSs, just security updates. So, yeah. Oh, I have I have the Pixel 2 XL, and it's end of the life. They aren't providing any more updates anymore, and that's only a four-year phone. Yeah. So I was very disappointed. I'm sad as a, as a, to play with Android, and it's pretty much a useless device at this point because I can't, uh, can't get security updates on it anymore. It's not, uh, and I bet it wasn't a cheap phone either. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, not. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but if you go out and buy one of these sort of two hundred dollar Android handsets, yeah, <laughs> you know, and you, they promise you, you know, you might get one one OS update and a few security patches, and they stop supporting it after like two years or something. But 
if you're buying something that's two hundred dollars, well, but you know, when you're buying something that's basically a flagship phone, be it you know Pixel or a, one of the Samsung flagships, you would expect to get, you know, you would hope to get more than like one OS update, wouldn't you? There we are. You would think. But that is how it is. Um, Apple apparently are looking to expand CarPlay with integrations for air conditioning, seats, instrument cluster, and more, according to Mac Rumors. Um, oh, so is this a is this as a consequence of their project, whatever it was called, Titan? Um, Titan. I I don't know. It, I mean, it, I guess that would make sense in part. But I think part it's, of it, I suppose. But yeah. it. I think it's more just a case of people, you know, if you plug your phone in, I don't use CarPlay very much in my in my uh, car, I'll be honest, because A, I, I don't drive very far on the whole, and actually the, the Citroen built-in stuff is acceptable. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, I, if, if, you're go- if you're going to take in, if you're going to start bringing in air conditioning, radio, speedometer, seat, etc., that's virtually, I mean, you've only got to take one more step and you're actually taking yeah. over driving take, the car. and <laughs> Taking over, running well, the car, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I, could, I could tell you that, uh, you know, I've had CarPlay for about seven months now and I haven't had it on my previous car. Uh, and uh, the interface, I, I have a Fiat Chrysler product, so they use Uconnect. Uconnect is horrible. I'll be honest, absolutely horrible. And I think what Apple's, the way the article was written, actually, I think this was from Mark Ehrman from Bloomberg that, that Mac Rumors quoted it on. So he's, you know, he's he's pretty solid uh, lead of information here. Um, I think what they're trying to do is they're actually going to look at, you know, creating a Uconnect type of interface like I, I experience now, but it's built in to the device that's in in the uh, in the car and, and and then go on top of that with hooking up your iPhone um, to, to take advantage of some of the other things. So yeah. they're kind of kind of have to do that. They, you can't just have it in the iPhone only when the iPhone's plugged in because to turn on, you know, be able to control your air conditioner and the speedometer and all the other settings that are in, in that interface, it's definitely going to have to be an onboard type of device. Yeah. I mean, one of the things it would be nice if they could do is add in the, you know, there's quite a lot of uh, devices you can buy to plug into the um, o- o- OBD2 port. Right. Uh, and, and, and get information about the car. Um, that that would be cool. If you want to add it in at Apple, I'll let you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, be good. I'm wondering if this is an answer to uh, Google's encroach into uh, car operating systems because you're, you're start, starting to see more and more cars coming out with um, Android Auto. Android, uh, Android yeah. Auto. Everything is Android, um, yeah. including the maps. Uh, and that's something I'm not keen on. Um, the likes of the new uh, what's Polestar, Polestar cars. Yeah, um, the cars, but I hate the idea of Google being uh, the main system that the, the you know, that you use on the um, the, the car. Uh, so maybe this is their answer to that. I, I think it probably well, it's a start anyway. Yeah, I might start. see cars I mean, coming out with uh, Apple. Yeah. I yeah. suspect what this would be would be more of an integration than a system from right. Apple per se, so that right. you'd have the you know the built-in car functions because obviously it's not going to magically allow you to control your seats if you can't already control your seats from the from the car no. dash no, that's right so yeah. i'm assuming what they're saying is you know if if a manufacturer will let us we will hook into their system and basically lay our you know ui on the top 
and allow people effectively to choose to do because at the minute if you're in car play there are certain things that you have to swap out of to get you know i don't know if you want to do stuff with the radio or whatever so what they're saying is we'd bring all those controls in into carplay if you wanted to use right. carplay rather than the built-in stack which makes perfect sense to me to just uh and, and some, some cars some of the uh some of the cheaper electric cars um smaller cheaper electric cars have actually used phones rather than having a rather than having a built-in display right you just you just put your phone on it and and i mean so there is some logic you might have a tablet that would an an ipad perhaps and literally you'd have a receptacle in the car and you it would be your key and everything you'd just plug it in yeah and and you'd I mean, okay, then you'd be limited to, you'd always have to take your iPad with you when you went in the car. Maybe well, that's not such a good idea. Well, not necessarily, because <laughs> maybe, you know, if a car was going to offer that, out, you know, they'd say they offer it as a um, as an option. You know, you buy this car and it comes with an iPad. Yeah, yeah. maybe so. Maybe you so. know, because I, I guess part of what they're looking to do is to say, they're not going to tell car makers not to build their own you know controls but what they i guess they could be saying is how about you don't have to worry so much about building the whole software stack and a, a user interface and all that why don't you just build the controls and make yes. it so that because there's no because there's no doubt right. if you look if you look across the um the electric car industry particularly and let's face it electric cars are those that are using um their infotainment systems much more than than anywhere else for sure um the, the some of them just aren't aren't that good. I mean, <laughs> they've they've come at come at it from the point of view of a car manufacturer, uh, and they've bolted in something that should have just. I mean, I'd say, it, but Volkswagen, yeah, it doesn't get particularly good reviews about their their software and and the chips they use to uh, the speed of the operation of their systems tends to be a bit clunky um i'm sure if we've got any volkswagen listeners they'll put me right if they've fixed it but the last time i heard uh, they were really struggling whereas you know tesla being an it company there's a much much better now, the, the vw cars came out with software that was actually more like a beta than um a finished yes. product you know very much so particularly with the id3 when that first launched yeah it was in a yeah. bit of it, it, yeah there were bits of it that just didn't work and as you my, say, a bit my, like a beta. My biggest worry is there, there's so much reliance now on uh, software and uh, over-the-air um, updates that we're going to have a problem with people hacking or you know drive-by, um, you know logging into the system and doing things to the system. Maybe uh, so. The way Maybe the way... so. It dep- I mean, the, the, like everything else, they need to be really careful with security, don't they? I mean, mm-hmm. the, yeah. R- perhaps the actual driving parts of the system need to be, you know. Very, very well protected. The rest of it doesn't matter quite as much, but yeah, it's but that's it's something that's worthwhile bearing in mind, though, isn't it? Well, that's you know, that just that's if you <laughs> if it runs on a computer, it can be hacked. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, right. you have just. I mean, um, I was listening to APT, and one of the guys there says he's got a Rivian, which is a electric SUV, I believe. Yeah, and not a yeah. cheap car. Um, no, not at all. And apparently it doesn't have CarPlay, and he says they've built their own software stack, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm really oh, disappointed. I've got this car, and it's lovely, but it's got an absolutely awful software stack. So I guess that's... It is disappointing, yeah. it, isn't it? It's disappointing. You might like everything else about the car, and then you sit in it, look at the screen, and you think, oh, 
<laughs> that looks like something that was written in the 1970s. Yeah, you know, looks like a, you don't want it to look like a hypercard stat, do you? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, I mean, if if you know if Apple are doing that, it doesn't surprise me, and it will no doubt be people like BMW and the like who sign up for it. Um, yeah, I mean they're having to they're having to bring all these um, car monitoring parts to the infotainment system because electric cars need that so so it is only a matter of rerouting it as it were and putting a different software stack on top of it yeah and uh, uh, i mean if you, you know if you're a car manufacturer and you're going to do that you probably say right well we'll make it available to android auto or carplay or you've got the built-in functions if you don't wish to use that and it's yes make it an which option is where we are which was where we are for infotainment generally mm. now yeah. So there we go. Um, that didn't really surprise me at all because I just thought, well, as long as car manufacturers let them hook into those functions, why would they not want to in- integrate them into into CarPlay? Yeah. It'd be foolish not to, really. It's gonna people like to have all their stuff in one place. Who wants to be? It'd be like saying, you know, oh well, the car runs on Windows, but your infotainment runs on Mac or you know iOS. It's not an efficient way to do things, is it? So, yes, and very much it feels a bit like that at the moment, don't we? Doesn't it? I mean, we you you can go into Apple CarPlay, but as you say, there are certain functions of the car where you definitely have to come out of it and uh, and go and look at something different. There we go. So that's that. Um, uh, does it point to? Well, it certainly points to stuff going on in Project Titan as well. I have no doubt. Um, yeah. Whether you know whether that's ever going to be a real car or not, as people have debated endlessly. We will find out eventually, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I still, I, mean, I still think Apple should have uh, taken the chance and bought uh, Dyson's car factory and the, the car that they've developed, because um, that would have given them a base to to actually do their own car. But well, it depends on how viable it was when when they dropped it, really. Mm. I think but you really have to wonder what uh, Tim Cook is looking for, because uh, he said that uh, he wanted to leave Apple after having brought out some breakthrough product. Well, what's the breakthrough product? Indeed. Yeah, who knows? Could, could be a car. Yeah. Could, yeah. Can't think of anything else he could bring out. It would well, be a breakthrough. I mean, the two, the two big likely projects are, you know, AR or mixed mm. reality type project or or the car they you know be the that car an actual car or a, a platform that they sell to other you know mm-hmm. car manufacturers yeah seems to be sort of on the back burner uh, you don't hear much about it now well you, you know i think <laughs> all those things are secret and um occasionally you right. get a flurry of leaks or rumors and uh then you don't hear anything because they probably reassign people or Chuck Pete Mind you, in saying that, we, we don't get the same keynotes that we used to get when they bring on the, the folk with the AR stuff for iPhone and iPad. So maybe no. that's why we much about it. I think that might think. be part of it. They, yeah. you know, they they haven't done anything much new with the mm. AR in the iOS devices. I mean, you got any thoughts on that, David? Yeah, they really haven't done anything new. Um, I think... Uh, with Apple, I think it is the the fact that they really are all in with cars and autom- automotive. They, we've, you know, the rumor of an Apple car, rumors, all kinds of stuff are going on with this stuff. Um, and I just, I, I just see 
Apple's going to continue on with with wanting to get into this technology. As I mentioned earlier, I they want to be in every car. I mean, and they, in order to do that, they'd have to sign on with all these car all these car manufacturers uh, and and get in on these devices and be a default type of uh, product. I mean, Microsoft did that a long time ago with Ford. With the Ford, uh, I forgot what it was called, but uh, why can't Apple do the same thing? Be, be pre-installed on uh, on their on the, the, the radio head that's in in the uh, in the car, and give them the opportunity to just be that front end interface, and then add additional features when you when you plug in an iPhone. Yeah, yeah, and, and I I guess it's probably quite likely that that's what they're hoping. I mean, they tie very tightly right. to BMW, don't they? BMW are usually the first mm-hmm. to adopt things like using your iPhone as the car key and um, car key. Yep, that's big. Yeah, so that's, that's going to expand. That 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 feature alone is going to expand. I think Hyundai is is in on it now too, and you're going to see a lot more car manufacturers follow suit. Well, I think another reason for that is that more and more cars are now. Like the the Citroen I've got now, you've you've got your key fob. You can open the you know you open the doors. Uh, to start the car, you actually have to put the key in a slot in the in the dash. Mm. You put the fob in a hole in the dash. But the EC4 and actually a Ford I had when my car was being repaired um, have completely keyless entry. You, you just have to have the key in your pocket. You don't have to take the key out yep. of your pocket at all. You walk up to the car, the door unlocks, you get in the car and start the car. You don't have to yep. put the key anywhere. You just keep it in your pocket. And once, you, once you're at that level, then there's no yep. reason you shouldn't be able to use your phone to do the same thing. You probably just have to pair your phone with the original key that probably contains the code and uh, right. job job's done. Yep. Just- My car's the same way. I have a Dodge Charger and it's... Uh- it's keyless entry. I don't have to. I just keep it in my pocket. Walk in, start the car. All keyless. I don't have to do anything. Um, but I think that's where manufacturers are going to look at. And they've got those. They've had those devices for you know for a number of years. But to, now to be able to have it on the on an iPhone, wow, game changer. Yeah, very much so. Or, no, or or any smartphone, as long as you know. Right. Um, because yeah, let's face it. Who goes anywhere without their phone these days? Nobody. There we are. Very few. <laughs> Very few people go anywhere without smartphone. There we are. Um, a former employee of Apple is facing criminal charges over a trade secrets leak. Um, this one was the one I've linked here is from iMore, but there were um there were others reporting this. Um, apparently, uh, he's facing a criminal charge for leaking trade secrets. Um, he is asked that a civil suit against him be suspended whilst the criminal proceedings take place. Um, which is a bit, I guess, uh, what's he say here? Uh, reportedly revealed information about upcoming new product and updates to products and was cited as a source. Um, well, anyway, there you go. They found him out and uh, now they're pursuing him. Good for them. Well, I mean, I think Tim Cook was uh, was on 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 the roll here when he talked about that in the press a few weeks ago, saying we have to stop these leaks. So this is not any surprise to me that uh, that, that that they they've been working hard and their legal team found that this person who was a former employee was doing this. And uh, hey, more power to him. I, you, you should know better than not to be leaking information, especially when you you I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Apple forces people to sign an NDA. Pretty sure. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That, that uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, this this guy this guy may have been bribed or might got some little little kickback to offer this information. Anything's possible. True, but you know it's wrong, and he's got caught. And uh, yeah, 
No. There you go. Like a lot of folk, I, I've I've got you know, the last few few years. I've got fed up with all the, the leaks ahead of time. Yeah. You know, for the launches, I, I prefer not to know what's coming out and be surprised. Um, so hopefully that'll stop all these rumor sites getting the information. But I don't think. I mean, it's, it's not all rosy in Apple just now. There's an awful lot of problems inside Apple. Um, a lot of people are disaffected by Apple. Work, you know, working the, the company. Um, as we've seen recently on some of the news channels. Um, yes, that is true. Um, mm. They've got their own internal issues, um, mm-hmm. like any big company, I'm sure. Um, yeah. There we are. Um, Apple is forcing iOS developers to add account deletion buttons to apps. This was in uh, PC Mag. Um, basically, Apple wants, um, you know, any app that you, uh, you know, join a, a subscription or have some sort of an account um, to, you know, add a simple, I don't wish to be involved with this anymore. Um, yeah, that is a good, that is a good idea because I'm sure we've good. all had to go through the, the pain of either having to email someone or even phone someone to cancel an account. Yes. <laughs> Simply because they hide, hide the deletion somewhere in, you know, at the bottom of a, what is it? What's the hitchhiker's guy to the bottom of a locked filing cabinet? <laughs> yeah, just use toilet marked beware of the leopard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful this will actually solve a few problems I've been having with um, web accounts. Um, I, I, I signed up for uh, news updates for sure. Um, the headphone manufacturer uh, tried try to stop getting the email updates from them. And there's absolutely no way of doing it as far as I can see. You can't you can't cancel your subscription to the, the news. So basically I've had to make you know mark it as a as a spam uh, email for it to be filtered out. So if this actually allows me to you know click one button and cancel the account, that'd be quite good. It obviously that applies to apps, but yeah, that that's what they're after. If you've Is it just purely that, apps or it's yeah, not it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's apps, it's not email, but um Oh, that's a pity. It's in, yeah, but that's the that's yeah. the whole thing, isn't it? It's like if you, if say, I don't know, say you're using Netflix and for whatever reason you decide not to use Netflix anymore, you you know, they want there to be a simple button which says, don't just stop serving me, like delete delete my account mm-hmm. and be done right. with it. Um, people, that, like Facebook are, people like Facebook are not going to like that because they make it very difficult to yeah. get out. And uh, Apple telling them they've got to have a button which will say, please delete my account and never darken my door again is not going to go down well. And, you know, that, that's the thing with average users. They think uh, if it, it's, it's an app that they downloaded and they started using for a while, they signed up for it. And then they think, oh, let me just delete the app. I'm done with it. Your, your information is still out there and the account is still out there. And if you want to be able to clean it up, it, it's quite a quite a few hoops to go through to do it. And in this case, I think this is smart that, that the app developer is being forced to, you know, hey, you got to put this in just in case. If the, if the user wants to, to remove their account, they should have the, an easy option to do it. Exactly. Which, I mean, you know, because one of the big benefits of using, um, you know, buying your subscriptions to things like Netflix uh, or or whatever through, you know, through your Apple account is you can go to your subscriptions and simply go cancel this subscription. There's no, yes. 
you know, again, it's made simple. You can just go, you know, no, stop, stop that. Thank you. Stop that subscription. I'm not interested in that anymore, which is very good. So, um, and apparently also, um, Apple are going to restore, um, the report and issue button in apps. Um, yes. There used to be a button if you had a problem with an app saying report this app. Um, and for some reason it went away, but, um, Apple is now, well, it says adding, but I think it's restoring the report a problem link. Um, so you can uh, easily notify the company about concerns with an app. Um, That's good. Good, good stuff. And Apple is including report a scam or fraud and report offensive, abusive or illegal content action actions at reporterproblem.apple.com um, to help, you know, help them track down these scummy rubbish apps which charge ludicrous sums although you would think that they'd be able to spot those just when they when they're being notarized but there you go <laughs> yes you would think so yes oh, yeah. yes you would have thought you know 127 quid 127 quid for um, some gold coins <laughs> yeah <laughs> it would, a, it would ring alarm bells you know yeah no. So I'd sign up to this astrology app and we'll send you a daily horoscope. Just <laughs> just pay yes. us £10 a day for the privilege. Yeah. Um, there we are. So anyway, those are both things which Apple are doing, which are good. And um, last of all on the um, Apple stories, before we go over to John in the hardware store, whilst the rest of us get a fresh cup of coffee or whatever, um, Apple is now crediting the 3% daily cash to Apple Card users who experienced issues with their iPhone 13 purchases. Um, we mentioned this last week, I think, didn't we, uh, Nick? I said that um, Apple had said that, you know, because of the problems, if you'd attempted to buy your shiny new toy with your Apple Card and been unable to complete and then um, paid on another, you know, with another method, that they would be crediting people their... Um, Yes, yeah. Their, their cash, because, you know, for a lot of people, that's 3% off the price of a, I don't know, you buy something that's $3,000, 3% is not chicken feed. So, uh, And I have firsthand experience with this. It happened to me. So uh, when I went and purchased my iPhone 13 Pro Max uh, at 7 a.m. my time, I was scrambling. I was like, I'm not going to get this phone on Friday the next week. So 20 minutes it took me to finally realize, you know what? I better just use a different credit card. And so I did. So I waited about two weeks uh, to, to see what Apple was going to do. Or I should say Goldman Sachs, who's the bank that, that administers the card, um, heard nothing. So then I went to uh, to contact them. They have no idea what I'm talking about. It was already mentioned on social media. Like you said, you talked about it. Um, so then I went to social media and, and put it out on Twitter. All of a sudden, I got some I got some action pretty quickly. So they actually credited my account before they finally sent out the email to everybody, which I did, of course, receive two or three days later <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to get the credit. Um, you know, it was just more of the principle to me than anything else. You know, yeah, I'm cool. on the Apple upgrade program. I'm on the Apple upgrade core program as it is anyway. So. Um, you know, to get three percent of the initial purchase I had to make because I had to make make a payment plus to pay the tax, and so it was like yeah. four dollars US, so not a big deal, but still principal. Then I had to go into the to, to the the finance bank, the Citizens One Bank that they use uh, for the the upgrade program, then switch the credit card. So I did have to do some extra work, which I didn't shouldn't have to necessarily do. So, but it's I'm happy, all's good, and uh, and yeah, I'm glad Apple decided to do that. Yeah, good for you, David. 
Yep, that's yeah. you know. Well, we we talked about it last week, I think, because it was rumoured that Apple, that's what Apple were going to do, and uh, so now it's it's happening. They are crediting people who were unable to pay with their credit card uh, with their Apple card, um, which doesn't apply to the rest of the world, only to those of you in the US, of course. But um, there we are. Um, so I think we should go over to John in the hardware store while we, you know, refresh our um, cup of tea or whatever, and uh, we'll be back after John. So uh, take it away, John. A one-of-a-kind charger just rolled into the loading dock here at Nemo's hardware store. It's a brand-new company called Volonic, V-O-L-O-N-I-C, and that's also the website, volonic.com. It's founded by Sean Doherty. She was the co-founder of Mophie, who invented the portable battery for the iPhone. She is a pioneer in mobile power industry. Well, the Volonic has a new charger called the Valet, V-A-L-E-T. You can read about it and learn about it at volonic.com. It's bigger than a male human hand, measuring five and a half inches by nine inches by about a half an inch thick. It comes with a USB-C enabled wall power charger, and you can choose the length of your USB-C cable. I got a white 10 footer, and I'll talk about that more in a minute. I chose the color of the base. You'll have to see this on the website. And I chose the color of the leather material on the top. So my base is white, and my leather on the top is red. It's absolutely beautiful to look, to feel, to touch, it's really a work of technology art because Volonic is meant to be a luxury lifestyle company and the Valet is a luxury lifestyle charger to charge up to three iPhones at once. That's how big it is. You can set them down side by side and it doesn't matter where you place it. Underneath the leather, there is a charging system so it doesn't need to be precisely on the dot like it had to be with prior chargers. So you put your phones one, two, three next to one another on the Volonic Valet and they charge up. That part of it is straightforward. You custom build your base and you custom build your leather top to match your BMW, your Lamborghini, whatever your luxury vehicle or luxury furniture is or are. So fasten your seat belts because when I did my custom design, it came out to $765. So I contacted the company and I said, whoa, is this correct? They said, yep, we want to make sure that your first order at Nemo's Hardware Store is a customized order exactly to your specifications. <laughs> well, it is beautiful and people have seen it and they say, what is that? When I tell them, they say, that's wonderful. How much does it cost? It's a luxury lifestyle charger. Sean Doherty is the real deal and she's changing the direction from mass market to focused market of the high-end, deep-pocket charging community. Well, how does it work? It works fine. Just like all Qi or Qi-enabled chargers do, it charges up the iPhone. So let's put that out of the way. Let's put the price out of the way. I want you to focus on the quality of the construction, the beautiful design, and you can pre-build your own on their website so you can see how process works at volonic.com. This is the only product they have so far. They have other things lined up. As a bonus, you can detach the charging tip 
from the back of the Volonic Valet, and you can charge up any USB-C product. In my case, my 12.9-inch iPad Pro USB-C charger with a 10-foot cable, in my case, is really versatile as a bonus charger for USB-C. You have to see it to appreciate it. This is high-end. They've really done their homework as far as the design and the engineering. So have a look at their website, and we will keep in touch with Sean, clever and talented people at Volonic. They have a lot of style, a lot of class. So we'll be back next week. Thank you, John. And as ever, the links for that uh, Volonic will be uh, in the show notes. So you can go and take a look. Um, there we are. Excellent. Um, Microsoft Surface Laptop Studio from The Verge. Um, uh, I guess we all remember the uh, Surface Studio, the sort of drawing board type iMac-like uh, PC, which you could draw on and um, fold up and down, look, which was I rather... at the time, it, it looked very cool. Yes. But it turned it was one out of those be... things that I thought, oh, I'd really like one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but then, of course, in a typical Microsoft fashion, it turned out that they put a feeble... under underspected, hadn't they? Underspect yeah. the PC that was behind it. Um, still available. You can still buy it. I don't know if they ever, you know, improved the specs, because I don't... I, don't I think there was that. a second... I think there was a second version of it, hmm. which was better. Well, the, the, uh, the Surface... The drawing board thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a second version of it made, yeah. Okay. Updated, well, but it's, it's still basically a, a laptop internal. It's, it's much like the iMacs, you know, it's a wee bit underpowered. Right. Anyway, they have now brought out a Microsoft Surface Laptop Studio, which, uh, again, looks quite clever. The You know, you can unhinge the screen, and then um, in a similar manner to the, to the desktop version, you can angle it, you know, like an easel to draw on or fold it down over the keyboard to use it as a tablet. Um, it's not a cheap product. It looks cool, but it's not a cheap product. It starts at $1,500, um, and apparently if you want to fully spec it up, it will probably cost you another grand over the top. So, um, I think the base. I think the base one you don't want to go for because it lacks quite a few uh, features that you really want to use. So you really sort of, you know, typical Apple. Don't buy the basic one. Go for the middle range one. But if it's very clever, it's uh, looks well well made. But it seems to be a solution to a problem that doesn't exist in design. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the Surface Pro Eight would be a better option for most folk. Uh, I mean, in in many ways, it looks you know that it works a bit like an iPad with the um you know the magic floating keyboard. Type yeah, you, you you can prop the screen up so it covers up the keyboard and it leaves you the trackpad. It is uh, it is quite it is quite thick. That I mean, thick in modern terms. Yes, I mean it's not a thick. It's not thick at all. But uh, in comparison to, say, the, the MacBook Air, it's actually quite thick in comparison. Yes. It's replacing a device that was overcomplicated with the hinge. I mean, it was a very clever bit of design, the folding hinge. Um, but the problem with it was that all the, you know, the, you, when you took the screen off, it was a computer, uh, you know, a full-blown computer, so it was top-heavy. Um, I don't know. It, <laughs> 
they went away. They've gone away from something you could use as a tablet or a desktop. Now it's something you've got to lumber the the computer part with you, whether you like it or not. Hmm. It's it's a kind of solution to no real problem. You know, yeah. looks, looks nice. Blown them expensive. Yeah, it is expensive. That's what I'm saying. It starts at sixteen hundred dollars, and um, mm-hmm. in the review here, they say you know if you want to spec it up, it will cost you considerably more than that. Um, mm. Their overall take, I think, was uh, what does it say here? Um, you know, cool design, flexible positions without compromise, fast refresh with excellent pen support, excellent quality trackpad and keyboard. Apparently, short battery life, mid-range performance despite this top-tier price and a limited selection of ports. Having said that, it does come with 32 gig of RAM and a terabyte SSD. Yes. Apple. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, it, again, that, that's, that's my only complaint, Apple. That's my only complaint. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, to be fair, I've got the MacBook Air M1 with six, uh, yeah, 16 gig of RAM and... You know, I'm not pushing it in the least. I'm well, really in all not. honesty, I mean, the, the 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 Mac Mini we're using down at church is the eight gig one, and I've I've not seen any problems with it coping with our streaming, and whereas the previous machines were, yes, uh, the M1 seems to just float through it without any difficulties at all, Very and nice. silently as well. <laughs> yes, silently, that's the big thing. No more, you know, whirring fans. So there you go. That's the uh, the Surface Studio laptop, which. Uh, Again, I think is one of those things that looks cool, and um, as ever, you know, they're criticising it for being only mid, you know, mid-range performance mm-hmm. for top dollar. Um, yeah, it's a bit interesting to see people who buy it, you know, who use it for a while, and whether they whether they can see a, a unique niche for it, or or whether they think it's worth the money they've spent on it. Yeah. Well, one of the suggestions was it would be ideal for an artist because it, it has the screen at a nice angle for uh, drawing on. I, I think yeah, that's, that's I true. think that's very much its thing. I think it's probably a, a kind of response to the um, – it's a response, really, to the um, – Desktop one? No, I was going to say no. I think it's a, it's a response to the iPad Pros, really. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, yeah. it tackling the same sort of um, – the same sort of people who might be interested in a, you know, um, an i an iPad Pro with the magic keyboard, um, except this doesn't have yes. the option of taking the, this doesn't have the option of taking the the screen off. The screen is fixed to it, so there yeah, you go. swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts, indeed. So, uh, moving on from that, uh, Google uh, teasingly offered to help Apple switch to RCS text messages. Uh, this was on Nine to Five Mac and elsewhere. Um, this is because, of course, Apple at the moment, uh, iMessage runs in its own, um, I believe, proprietary, um, you know, messaging system. And green bubbles, of course, are sent by good old fashioned SMS um, using the, you know, now archaic simple messaging system developed for early, um, you know, pages and early, early mobiles. Um, Google, of course. Uh, have switched to RCS, which I believe stands for Rich Content System or something. Um, do you know what the exact thing for that is, David? Was it Relay Chat Service? Uh, I don't know exactly. It's Rich I something. I think they put this in the article too. <laughs> uh, it's in here somewhere, I guess. I'm just scanning through. Um, 
Uh, rich communication services. Ah, right. Okay, there you go. Well done. Yeah. Well, I, was clo- I was close. I did say rich. <laughs> uh, a rich communication suite. Ah, okay. Anyway, yeah. um, Android adopted this new standard, which was created by um, an industry body, um, and you know, in a somewhat cheeky, uh, you know, tweet. Google have said, group chats don't need to break this way. There exists a really clear solution. Oh, very clever. Uh, here's an invitation <laughs> yeah. to oh, the... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's an open invitation to the folks who can make this right. We are here to help you. Um, yeah, well, they did it with FaceTime. You know, they're allowing... Uh, that opened up for Android uh, Android users. So uh, I don't know what Apple's waiting for. You want to get more people on the platform? All, although they, they may be concerned about allowing those folks into the messages uh, platform, which is very possible. Yep. Um, as it says here, a popular theory is that in some social circles, it is seen as an embarrassment to be the green bubble person in a group yeah. chat. Apple sees this as a selling point for iPhones. Um, exactly. That's possible, but yeah, I... I don't think it would hurt for Apple to move away from SMS. It's um, it's yeah. archaic and known to be insecure, so yeah. it would not be a bad thing to do. Whether they will actually do it or not, as they say here on um, 9 to 5 Mac, I don't think this tweet is actually going to help the cause. So <laughs> Probably not. Probably no. not. Google taking the mick a little bit there. But, um, yeah, I... I really don't think it would be a bad thing if Apple were to adopt RCS, um, even if they simply replaced the SMS portion and kept the rest of iMessage, um, you know, on their own stack. But um, whether Apple will choose to do that, who can tell? Right. Apple like to plough plow their own furrow, as they say, don't they? And they've, uh, uh, they've invested quite a lot into iMessage as well, haven't they, when you think about it, the oh, number yes. of announcements and extra things they've added. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's unlikely they're going to move away from it in, in a hurry. Uh, I, I'm not necessarily suggesting they replace it, simply that they drop SMS and, um, you know. Uh, yes, yeah. And replace it with, mechanism. with a more, yeah. you know, a more modern um, standard. But there we go. Um Google has confirmed powerful password shield heading for 150 million chosen ones. This is quite a long article on uh, Forbes. Um, 150 million Google users will get seven days notice before bold security change. Um, Google, in effect, is going to enforce two-factor authentication or, in uh, as it says here, two-step verification. Um, Excuse me. That's a good thing. What matters most is that Google is bringing additional protection to login credentials. This is important because recent research into credential stuffing showed that compromised login detail use is on the up. A significant report pegs 61% of data breaches as involving credential misuse, which is why it matters when your stuff gets leaked um, in data breaches. There's, um, there's quite a lot of... Uh... Some of the people I follow on Facebook are people I used to work with. And of course, I worked for an IT company. Uh, and they often, you know, a lot of these things which says, what was your first dog's name? Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And, and uh, a number of them have been popping up saying, uh, yeah, my first dog was called Password123. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But of course, those are, yeah, they're used to gather possible security questions. Of course they are. You know, where, yes. what, where did you live when you were a child and all those sort of things. Um, 
typical, you know, social engineering attacks to yes gather a whole load of stuff. But um, no, it's it's good that Google are doing this. It's about time, really. I think that's excellent. Yep. Um, My understanding was they were trying to get away from two factor and using something more secure. Uh, am, am, I right, am, I, am I right in saying that uh, two factor sends a text message with a number? Not always. Not, Not always. always. It's usually it's usually an option, but you know, yeah. people are saying you know you should not really be using that because it's easy to relatively yeah. easy for determined attackers to break that by doing sim but, but for the or average whatever. for the average user, SMS is better than nothing. It is. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, Google the options I think are um, SMS is a sort of last option. Um, a Google Authenticator or another Authenticator app, which you know generate runtime short yeah, time like codes, or, like Authy or yeah, Authy, LastPass, um, Microsoft the, do one. I mean, there's, there's been suggestions that these authenticators are not secure as. Uh, Nothing secure. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean they're, they're, the suggestion is that you should really be using something like a newbie key. Um, well, ideally, but I mean, how many, we're not going to convince everyone to do that, are we, in a hurry? No, so, you're not. So I, mean, I think let's... this is, uh, well, I mean, security is about making it as difficult as you can without making it inconvenient for you. Exactly. Mm. Um, so possibly this is why Apple's starting to bring in the fingerprints recognition onto the keyboards. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, a more sure secure way of authenticating yourself. Yeah, yeah, and you know, less um less trouble for you. Yeah. You know. Not that I'm going to spend the money that uh, they want for the Apple keyboard with the fingerprint recognition <laughs> at yeah. an exorbitant price. No. But you could mm. um you could buy a YubiKey bio for eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um you know. Yes, we were talking about that last week as well, weren't we? And mm-hmm. I, I, I believe I can't remember where uh, David might know. I believe there's also you can there's a fingerprint reader that you can buy, like a app, you know, like a Touch ID. It's just a button that you can plug into your Mac. Yeah, I'm not not sure the name of it, but uh, YubiKey. I use YubiKey for work, and I think YubiKey. I'm sure, like you said, you guys talked about it, but uh, it's probably the most practical way of having some great security uh, is using that. Can can, can you be keys be sca- uh, scammed? You know, like um, RFID. You can go up to a, a reader and read it. Can you be keys done that way as well? Or well, isn't are they it, pretty isn't secure? Encrypted, isn't it encrypted on once it's inside right. the UBK? Right, and it's a different code every time you you touch it. So ah, yeah, right. okay. yeah, and, and as far as I understand it, it works in a similar way to um, to an authenticator app in that it just constantly generates. Right. Um, Mm. New codes, yeah. New codes, new codes, right? Um, I'm just looking on here. There's, I mean, like Kensington do one. Uh, Bido U2F USB-C security and fingerprint windows for Windows, Mac, and Chrome, seventy dollars. Um, there's several on here. I mean, I use the Touch ID on my on my MacBook Pro all the time. I think it's, it, I feel very secure using that. Yeah, I, I'm. I've obviously got the touch ID. It's brilliant. At the minute, I'm hoping Monterey will make more use of it because there are some areas yeah. where it doesn't it doesn't offer it. And um, yep. And sometimes you can authenticate anyway, can't you, on your iPhone or your uh, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. your I mean, iPad. Um, Google have uh, started a thing which I get if I want to log into my Google account, like say 
say YouTube, if I want to log into my YouTube account, it will say open the YouTube app on your phone and the code will be in there. It just like brings you a thing that says tap yeah, here to say right. it's you. Yeah, yeah that's know. right. You can do it with uh, PayPal works that way as well. Yeah. It, yeah. So, so Google use the app on your phone. Yeah. yeah. And then it just it says tap, you know, open YouTube and tap to agree it's you. So, um, no. There are lots I of ways to... Sorry, David. Yeah, no, I had thought that they that Google is using the 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 Gmail app as as its point of of uh, authentication because all you do is open up the Gmail app for at least going into Gmail or your, or your Google account for that matter, and it just says, "Did you did you authorize this?" And you just tap yeah. OK, and then and it's done. I, I didn't know. I didn't. I wasn't sure. I never saw the YouTube app doing that. Yeah, I've I've had it several times where it wants me hmm, to verify. Okay. And it, there's open I YouTube. Did not know that. Open the YouTube app on your phone. And there'll be a, you open it, and there's a thing saying someone is trying to access your account. Uh, was it you? And you just tap yes, and then you wherever you were being logged into logs you in. Um, Interesting. Didn't know that. Another you know another way around it. I mean, yeah, all these things are great. They're just ways to allow you to verify as easily as possible. So yeah. that, that's good. Um, well, they're rolling it out to 150 million chosen ones to begin with, and we'll be going from there. Which is good. Um, there we are. We've got some. We've got some worth of chirps before we wrap it up. Um, we've got a Safari 15 extension for Mac, which helps you tell which app is active in Safari 15. Um, which tab is active? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as some people find it difficult, I've got used to it. It didn't wasn't that difficult, but um, it does help. Um, basically, it uh, allows you to put a customizable uh underline under the active tab so there's a bunch mm. of colors you can choose the color and the uh i think it's one to seven pixels thick underline um to highlight the active tab and it's uh on the mac app store it's one dollar 99 no in-app purchases no ads no tracking so yeah. i think donnie i think donnie posted that one um I've seen it pop up on Twitter as well. Lots of people saying, you know, if you don't like the new tabs, this can help. Not a perfect solution by any by any means, but um, there you go. If you find the new tabs a bit challenging to understand, there you go. That's um, that's available. Um, and Dougie, our you know security man, uh, says I have had great result blocking ads on iOS with a block. I think this is probably pronounced blockada. It's B L O K A D A. So I suspect that's blockada. The only yeah, ad yeah, right. blocker that I can find to block ads in most apps, including Apple News, uh, and the free version is all I have been using. Um, and uh, so a link to that um, for iOS. And um, because the settings are a little complicated, um, in the show notes, I've put down what Dougie has said uh, he settled on as the best settings, um, because apparently fairly complicated to set up. So um, <clears throat> there we go. Another uh, useful ad blocker, anti-tracker type thing um, is in-app purchases are available and um okay it's if you pay basically okay if you pay it adds a vpn so the blocking compatibility is free if you want to use their vpn it's eight dollars 49 um a month or 83 dollars for the year which is comparable. Yeah, you set it up 
Sorry, I was going to say, can you set it up without an account? Now you got to make an account, Will? No, I don't think you have to make a, a, any accounts or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it Just switch on. Just, uh, uh, no data collected. So there you go. Um, free if you want to try that. Um, as I say, you the premium one adds a VPN if you wish to you know, make use of that. And the price actually works out by the look of it about the same as most other VPNs, um, which is good. Uh, and the, just the snippets, uh, we've got a couple here. Um, user successfully builds an M1-powered iMac G4. Um, that was on WCCF Tech. Uh, a guy has basically dismantled uh, an M1 Mac Mini and used its insides uh, engineered into the uh, basketball G4 lamp stand. Is That's cool. Bit, you know, pretty <coughs> cool. Uh, and Jim has uh, sent a link to a YouTube video of N1 chip in a 20-year-old G4 <sighs> cube, which is also no doubt very uh, cool. I watched that. I watched that. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I mean, the, the sheer fact is it's such a small circuit board and everything. It yeah. will fit in almost anything, won't it? It was the most beautiful Apple computer ever designed, and I drooled over it and John Lewis but it was like two and a half grand or something like that. Yeah, it was a lot of money. That was a long time ago. It was a very pricey piece of kit for what it was. Yeah. But the, it the, was la- a- the last, sorry, the, la- the last one I saw working was up in Fort William many, many months back, and it was getting used as a, an MP3 player <laughs> <laughs> in the pub. <laughs> Oh, that was the one with the toaster pop up, wasn't it? With the uh, you put the it was put, a clear uh, yeah, it's a click body clear resin the, cube, yeah. yeah. But the the ah. um the disc drive the the you know ah, it, it, it dropped it in yeah from the top ah. yeah, it was like a toaster. You put your mm-hmm. uh, put your yep. CDs and DVDs in like a like putting a piece of toast into a toaster. So there we go. <laughs> cool. But both of those very clever. But like you say, yeah, you're right, Nick. It's um you know the the M1 Mini is pretty much crying out to be, you know, inserted to almost anything that you want. Let's face it, you could put a, you could put an I, an M1, you could put an M1 into an SE case, couldn't you? With no, you know, no uh, real no difficulty sure. at all. Yeah, yeah. There we are. So that's it, lads. We've done all the stories. Um, well, all the stories of any interest this week for us. That is. So, uh, we'll wrap it up. So, uh, David, do you want to go first? Sure. Thanks again for having me, Simon. I really appreciate it. Really enjoy your show. Um, you can find me at In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com. I do a podcast with Warren Sklar and I uh, have many guests on each week. Um, I'm also on the My Mac, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, the Mac show on, on Fridays on the British Tech Network. I'm also on Mac Voices Live on Tuesday nights with uh, Chuck Joyner. I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash DaveG65. You want to check that out? Uh, we do do my show live on Thursday nights uh, uh, in the U.S., uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time. So it might be a little late for you guys in the U.K., but uh, I, but I do have a lot of YouTube content, and I'm planning on expanding that uh, in the future here. So, And then also on Twitter, you can find me at DaveG65. Thanks again. Okay, excellent. Uh, Jim? Uh, in the Slack group uh, on Vimeo, link in the show notes. Um, I'm still working on my new YouTube channel. It's a, a work in progress. And where else? Oh, I flicker as Ormeo. Jolly good links for all of those in the show notes, of course. Uh, Nick? 
Yeah, it's been good to have David uh, and Jim on this week. Uh, two slightly more interesting accents than my brummy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, and, well, I like um, <laughs> of course you haven't, Jim. No, I haven't. And uh, you can find me very occasionally on Twitter. I'm uh, Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And you can find me in the Slack room and occasionally on Barcher. Do, uh, do, do you know whether he actually got anyone, uh, Simon? Did you he, notice he was I, I, struggling I, for people? I, I don't know. He sent an email, but he wanted to record at 10 o'clock last night. And it was a bit like oh, 10 o'clock on a yeah, Saturday I'll, night. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be halfway <laughs> down my right. bottle of Shiraz by then. I might not be the best guest. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you did. I hope you did, Bart. I hope and, you did find uh, somebody, but yeah. Yeah, and and you can also um, see me occasionally and uh, see my um, attempts to put out worship on a Sunday morning, and the links are in the show notes. Jolly good. And when are you going to do your EV show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in all honesty, I could bore for England about EVs, so uh, I think yeah. enough people have done EV shows. I don't think they need another. Well, I don't know. You could you could probably do a very good EV podcast, Nick. The essential Apple EV show. <laughs> <laughs> The essential I've got the paper for you. There we go. Anyway, yeah, okay. Uh, you can, of course, find me in the Slack room, and you can find me on Twitter ranting about all sorts of various things, not necessarily tech-related, as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show tweets uh, as at Essential Apple, unsurprisingly, and uh, the website is EssentialApple.com. And uh, thanks to, uh, you know, everybody who supports us, especially Alistair. Thank you again, Alistair. Um, but thanks to everybody, you know, retweets and uh, reviews and just general feedback. Always welcome. Join the Slack room, etc. Uh, and what else? I think I should probably mention that uh, if you are a follower of Islam, the birthday of the prophet is coming soon so enjoy your festivals for that and uh with that we'll all say goodbye so goodbye bye See you. bye you've been listening to the essential apple podcast and i'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. Hi, my name is Dave Ginsberg. I'm the host of In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com with my co-host, Warren Sklar. We talk about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. We also have some great Apple guests from the Apple community that also talk to us. Uh, 
relating to any tips, any apps, any news of the day, anything that's going on with Apple, please give us a listen. Our website is intouchwithios.com. again another time. Until then, goodbye. Something I was going to bring up, uh, I haven't really sort of looked on the, on the web to sort of research it, but it's to do with... Um, this constant um, uh, cookies and stuff when you're on the web or internet. Um, I'll, be, I'll be heading towards a two-tier uh, internet providing setup where if you if you don't want um, cookies and all well, the rest of the stuff spying on you, you're going to have to pay to be on the internet. And if you're willing to accept it all, will you become uh, you know recorded but getting it for free? Uh, I haven't really sort of thought it out that well. Yeah, well Just an idea. It's interesting. I thought the I thought the um I mean the reason for the cookie thing is is a European directive, isn't it? I mean it's it's not. Well, is that still the case now that you've you've had Brexit? Yes, it is. Are still working yeah. through the same well, rules? I think, I think the law still applies here. Yes, right. It still applies um, here until they change it. You know that they're talking about. Oh, oh you know, we're going to reduce those. The Brexit, you know, red tape cutting, mm-hmm. which is like because we seem to be getting more and more uh, a lower than I, lower than I, and every web page you go onto now, it's getting frustrating. Yeah, I know because it, it never keeps the setting you choose. It just you know it forgets about it. Well, the trouble with that is, if you refuse cookies, it can't remember that what you've set. Mm. What you need to do is not refuse all. You have to refuse like. All the things that are like third party stuff allow mm-hmm. functional cookies, which tend to be the things that keep your settings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of them are really annoying. Basically, if you've turned off all their third party cookies and trackers and stuff, every time you go, you have to confirm that that's what you want to do because they hope you'll accidentally click accept all because they always hide mm-hmm. like that. We do seem to be heading towards um, more and more companies are making it if you don't agree to anything. Then you're not allowed in. Um, yeah, some of them doing that. I'm not sure that's strictly it's... legal, actually. But um, mm. and it's just, just a thought because we get these ones where they just go um, by by using this site, you would agree to our use of cookies and don't give you any choice. That's technically illegal. Mm-hmm. Not that anybody ever enforces any of it. See, I I don't see an awful. Well, certainly on my Mac, I don't see an awful lot of cookie. Well, because stuff. you said you're quite often happy to do accept all. Once you've done that, they won't ask you anything. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. If you agree to their cookies, then you won't see it anymore. It's just me and my own heart. There's your answer. It won't be annoying. You just have to say yes. Mm. <laughs> 
I would say, yeah, this is this is probably more something dominant in Europe and the United States. I don't, you know, we do get the prompts of do you want to accept cookies or not, but I think that was more of an initiative from the European Union, like you mentioned. Uh, yeah, so I don't see that as much as you guys do. We get it on nearly every site, to be honest. Yeah, some sites aren't too bad, and they'll remember what you tell them. The better ones will, but the worst, yeah. the worst ones ah. have absolutely but... impenetrable bloody cookie. Options. Well, I've not also. I think I've also got something switched on to stop it, and I can't. Remember yeah, didn't you is. say that you had a thing that like automatically accepted all or something? Right, browser, browser, well, uh, plugin sort of or browser extension. Add-on. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think okay, spell the beans. What one was it now? I think it's one you've tried and, and you didn't feel it was very good. Um, I can't mm. remember now. How do I? How do I see what extensions um, I've got? Go in preferences, extensions. Going Safari, I'm telling you. Yeah, Safari uh, preferences, right. Safari and then they go to log to the jigsaw piece. Yeah, jigsaw. Oh yes, extensions. One password. Oh, hush. I've hush. got hush. I've got hush installed, but, but remember that I accept I accept them anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got hush, yeah. but still get. I, I I get them on my phone and on my iPad. Mm. I must admit, more than I do on uh, on my Mac. Why have I not got hush installed? I'm sure I did before. Go get that then. I I, I installed it uh, when it was first brought to my attention, and then I switched it off and removed it. I've come back to it again. I don't know why it. I took it out, but I did. One of these daft moments. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some Apple Apple Watch news since pre-orders just happened this past weekend. Yeah, that's true. They've just done away with one of the models, haven't they? Yeah, the six is gone. All right. I'm I'm happy keeping my six, thank you. <laughs> so, so when you tell the time on the six, you can see you're keeping uh, keeping an eye on your six. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, that's bad. You're on form today, Jim. 